There wasn't much warning when President Trump announced on July 26 that he wanted to bar transgender people from serving in the military. In typical Trump style, the news came in a series of tweets that started at 5.55 a.m. The abrupt nature of the announcement came back to bite Trump this week. A federal judge on Monday blocked the administration from implementing the ban in part because of the seemingly off-the-cuff nature of Trump's decision. Judge Colleen Kolar-Catelli in Washington said the decision lacked the, quote, formality or deliberative processes that normally accompany such a major declaration. With us to talk about the ruling, what it might mean, whether it will stand, is Catherine Frankie. She's a professor at Columbia Law School, and Rachel Van Landingham, a professor at Southwestern Law School and a retired lieutenant colonel and former judge advocate in the U.S. Air Force. Air Force. Uh, Catherine, um, there's a lot in this ruling. It's 76 pages long. But before we get into that, um, can you just lay out the state of play for us going into it? What has been the policy with regard to transgender people in the military and what changes is Donald Trump trying to, to implement? Well, thank you so much for having me back on the show. Um, uh, under the Obama administration, beginning in August of 2014, the Department of Defense began a study um, to see whether there were uh, reasons having to do with unit cohesion or other reasons that were militarily related to continue to ban transgender people from serving openly in the military. And um, that study ended in June of 2016, and the department issued a directive saying that um, open service by transgender Americans was, was consistent with military readiness and with strength through diversity. And it's um, that policy that President Trump, um, uh, flippingly, I would say, with his tweets, um, gestured that he was going to repeal um, uh, and is now the subject of this litigation. So, Catherine, the judge said that there is absolutely no support, that's a quote, for the Trump administration's claim that transgender people would have any negative effect on the military. What kind of argument did the administration make to her? Uh, well, they made the kind of arguments that one normally sees in military cases, that one should defer for national security reasons and um, the, for the reasons that we uh, quite often defer to military judgment, um, that the, the military knows best about readiness and cohesion and et cetera. Um, and uh, they actually didn't base the change in policy on any studies on any demand from anyone from within the military that this policy be changed. Um, they, their argument was basically we should uh, respect the authority of the commander-in-chief to change the policy if he wishes to. Rachel, what did Judge Kolar Catelli say about those arguments? How did she get around this notion that generally we, we defer to the commander-in-chief when we're talking about uh, questions of national security and military readiness? Rachel? <laughs> uh, I, well, I can answer that question. If you'd okay, like. go ahead, Catherine. Um, what the court was very concerned about was that there were kind of um, generalizations about transgender people gener um, uh, as a group and that there was, might be some possibility that they um, would be mentally unstable and unable to serve. And the court said that you just you can't uh, engage in those sorts of generalizations um, and be making change or changing policy so quickly without having some sort of deliberative process. So 
the court really summarily rejected every one of the government's arguments in this case. Catherine, did the judge take a not-so-subtle swipe at Trump when she wrote that the changes in transgender policy were driven by a desire to express disapproval of transgender people generally? Well, it wasn't very subtle what the court held, because the court said that if this actually amounted to a form of sex discrimination, not that it was just a swipe or a kind of gesture of discrimination, but that it was discrimination, or at least that the, the, the trans uh, people who were challenging the policy had shown they had a substantial likelihood of prevailing on that question, of winning on that question. But what I thought was amazing is the court's opinion actually reproduces screenshots of the president's uh, tweets, which is a fairly unusual thing to see in a uh, federal court opinion. We now do have Rachel Van Landingham with us. Uh, R- R- Rachel, what, what sort of jumped out at you in, in this opinion? If you, if you sort of picked out which part of it uh, is going to be the most important going forward, what, what, what would you point towards? Um, I, I think exactly what your, what your other guest was just, was just referring to, um, the fact that this does seem like outright discrimination based on a um, a class of individuals and not on true military justifications. Catherine, uh, in a moment, I want to ask you a little more. You were talking about uh, Judge Colarcatelli equating this with with uh, uh, gender discrimination. Um, but tell us quickly, we only have about 30 seconds right now, um, where did she sort of put, put uh, discrimination against transgender people in the panoply of types of discrimination uh, that, that courts deal with? Is this, is it, was she treating it like gender discrimination or something else? She was treating it as a form of, of sex-based discrimination. So um, discrimination against people on the basis of their gender identity uh, is a form of sex stereotyping the court held. And we've seen this in a number, number of other trans cases and, and other federal courts. We're talking about a ruling yesterday by a federal judge in Washington saying the Trump administration cannot implement its plan to ban transgender people from serving in the military. Our guest is Catherine Frankie. She's a professor at Columbia Law School. Catherine, uh, we were talking a, a moment ago about uh, the, the judge's reasoning and how she said that this is a, a, a form of gender discrimination. I'm wondering how groundbreaking you see this ruling as being. So she is, as I understand it, essentially saying that we're going to be, we, the courts, are going to be as skeptical about discrimination against transgender people as we already are about uh, uh, d- discrimination against people because of their gender or, or because of their sexual orientation. Well, uh, the last bit, I was with you until the last bit. So the courts have yet, uh, the Supreme Court has not yet held that sexual orientation-based discrimination um, should be treated with um, real suspicion under the Constitution. Um, there are cases before the court that, that will raise that, but we haven't gotten there yet on that issue. But what the judge did do in, the, in this trans-military case is uh, observe that discrimination against transgender people is the same kind of discrimination is discrimination against women. And they, they built that, she built that holding on a, a idea of what it means to actually uh, be punished for not adhering to stereotypes about what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman. So say if you're kind of a masculine woman or a more feminine man and you're discriminated against, that is roundly understood, including by the Supreme Court, as amounting to sex discrimination. Same thing here with trans folks. As she said, the defining characteristic of a transgender person 
is that their inward identity, behavior, and responsibility, or excuse me, and possibly their physical characteristics do not conform to stereotypes of how an individual of their assigned sex should feel, act, or look. So it's Kath- a stereotype about real men and real women. Catherine, she also said she was required to apply a greater degree of scrutiny to the government's plan because it impacts a class of Americans that has lacked political power. How does that fit into the reasoning of other courts? Well, that's the standard test we apply um, in a constitutional context of whether the court should give extra scrutiny or suspicion to a kind of classification made by the state. So if the state treats one group of people differently or worse than another group of people, um, in some cases the court will say, well, you better have a very good reason for doing so. And in this context, the court said um, being transgender gives you that kind of protection under the Constitution, that if the state discriminates against you, it better have a very good reason for doing so. So it's treating transgender-based discrimination the same as we would treat discrimination against a man or a woman as sex discrimination. Catherine, as I read through this ruling, the one issue I kept thinking about was the travel ban. Uh, Tell me if you sort of agree with the parallel. It it feels like uh, part of what the judge was saying here is, uh, while this is an area where the president generally has broad discretion, uh, in part because of the way this was uh, this was rolled out very abruptly and, and without a whole lot of thought apparently behind it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to block this policy um, and override that traditional uh, discretion that we would afford to the president in this area. Well, you're exactly right. I think there are two things going on in this case um, that are very similar to the travel ban, the, what we colloquially refer to as the Muslim ban. One is that this, this seems to be sort of policy being made at 5 a.m. in the morning, uh, f- shooting from the hip with a Twitter account, rather than in consultation with experts and your policy advisors and giving it the kind of care um, that these sorts of issues like military service or immigration policy should deserve. And then the second second thing is that it seems what's really motivating them is bias rather than reasoned judgment. So the kind of overbroad stereotypes about Muslim people being terrorists and dangerous um, has been found to be what was behind the Muslim ban. And same here, overbroad stereotypes about who transgender people are. It's just not the way to run a government and to um, issue very serious policy and sacrifice the rights of citizens and others. Catherine, there are other lawsuits in Seattle and Baltimore. What happens in those lawsuits now that this judge has issued an injunction pending trial and that trial's not been set? Well, there are, uh, there are in this case, just as there are in the Muslim ban cases, um, cases perking, percolating up through a number of different courts, all raising basically the same question. And a district court in the District of Columbia, as this one could, is, can issue a nationwide ban or injunction against a policy to hold the status quo in place when the status quo is that trans people have the right to serve and the right to enlist in the military if they're otherwise eligible to do so. And so it, um, what it does is it um, uh, uh, keeps the government from enforcing this new policy, and it certainly informs those other courts as they're also deliberating on the underlying question of whether the Constitution has actually been violated here. Catherine, only about 30 seconds left, but uh, as this case proceeds up the court system, potentially to the Supreme Court, how confident are you that, that this judge's reasoning will be upheld? 
I think it's an extremely strong opinion. Um, I don't think that President Trump is doing himself any any favors by issuing policy this way. And I think, apart from the underlying merits of what of whether the military can ban transgender people from serving, I think courts are just outraged at the way in which policy is being promulgated by this administration. I want to thank Catherine Frankie, professor at Columbia Law School, talking about the ruling this week by a federal judge in Washington blocking Donald Trump from banning transgender people from serving in the U.S. military. Coming up on Bloomberg Law, depending on who you listen to, Donald Trump is either rushing to stack the courts or Democrats are obstructing qualified judicial nominees. We'll dive into the war over the judiciary. And we'll uh, talk about the latest in the investigation by special counsel Robert Mueller. That's coming up on Bloomberg Law. This is Bloomberg.